as we look forward into 2021, it'll be really interesting to see how some of these investments and new ways of working augmented by technology hold up. I anticipate we'll see people go back to old ways of working. And the more we can continue some of these these new collaboration mechanisms, the better to make that hybrid working model successful. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Workforce Inside, the podcast for business leaders looking for fresh insights and solutions to today's most pressing workforce challenges. I'm your host, Bhushan Sethi, Joint Global People and Organization Leader at PwC. In each episode, you'll receive new ideas from experienced practitioners who are helping employers drive workforce transformation. On today's episode, we'll dive deeper into workforce data from two of our recent surveys, one where we surveyed C-suite executives, including CHROs, and one which took the pulse of the American workforce. There's a great deal of insights we're excited to share with you, including a large gap between leaders and employees on vital issues like safety, mental health, and inclusion. Today, I'm delighted to be rejoined by my colleague, Julia Lamb, PwC's Global Workforce Strategy Leader. Julia, hello and good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So, Julia, first things first, you know the drill. Most important question of the podcast, of all the places you've traveled, where was your favorite? Oh, boy. I miss travel. And it's been a long it's been a long year. I, I've got to say favorite is probably a personal travel trip. I traveled to China in 2010 now. And it was before I even had joined PwC. We went as part of a study abroad trip. So I spent about a month there at the University of Peking and traveling around. And it was just very eye-opening, so different, and so many opportunities in that market. Wonderful. We all miss travel, and it's okay to say that. Our latest survey was really interesting. And to remind listeners, we actually polled business leaders and the American workforce post-election. So the results were out, and business leaders and, and the American workforce gave us some interesting insights. So a great deal to digest there in terms of a high degree of business confidence from the C-suite, obviously a big concern about the second wave and rising infections, some issues around concerns around mental health, and some interesting disconnects between employers and employees on that very topic. As you looked at the data, Julian, as you've been sharing this with your clients, what are the things that stood out for you? Yeah, I think you hit on a couple of them, Bouchon, but certainly the disconnect between mental health and well-being. We saw that 72% of leaders cited mental health as a big concern, and also they indicated they're making investments to that extent. But what we found from employees is that, you know, it certainly wasn't 72% who were saying that they felt that they were cared for. And in fact, some employees said that they felt like their health and safety was being put at risk because they had to go back to the office. So, you know, a little bit of a scary feeling from employees from that perspective and certainly disconnect there. Another big point that I would highlight is just around the point that women, and I think it was age 35 to 45, were behind in terms of a number of different factors around how they felt supported by organizations throughout this pandemic. And just very striking. It was around the benefits that are being provided, around health and well-being, around the training and, and other types of support. So I just think with that particular population, that's generally where a lot of people have children or continue to see women being disproportionately impacted by the pandemic. So those are a couple of things that stood out to me. Great points, Julia, and really highlight the here and now of what our clients are focused on. 
mental health, dealing with pandemic fatigue, dealing with inclusion, given that we've got a large set of divisiveness that we see in the country around certain topics and obviously in the workplace. As the clients are preparing for the here and now, how are you advising clients on how they differentiate between what they've got to do right now versus what they've got to plan for the short term in 2021? Yeah, two key things for the short term. First of all, I'd say continue to focus on health and well-being of employees. And that's not just the physical health and well-being. That's also obviously mental health, especially in the states we get towards winter. We're continuing to face higher numbers, potential lockdown. People are very anxious. So mental health and well-being as well as the physical. But second, I'd say focus on uniting that divided workforce. And we are seeing in the data that companies are focused on this. So one stat, for example, that came out of the survey, 53% are increasing their investments in diversity and inclusion training. Another interesting stat, 47% are creating new opportunities to enable their employees to have open dialogue and, uh, and open conversations about social issues. So from the short-term perspective, I'd say keep doing those things. And we're, we're seeing companies start with that. From a longer-term perspective, a couple of things stood out. I think one, digital investments clearly are here to stay. We see that digital transformation is top of mind, and we saw some of the data around digital upskilling continuing to be an investment. I think as we pivot to 2021, we also have to sort of look at what's happening from a, a business strategy perspective and go back to scenario planning 101. So we don't know what the future will hold, but think about you know if we're going to enter new markets, what are the various strategies? What does that mean from a workforce perspective? And we are seeing clients rethinking some of their existing processes. They've got an opportunity at this point to make a pivot, whether it's because a big initiative has been stalled, whether it's because they've actually downsized and they have to rebuild a team. We're seeing that in a number of sectors, in particular recruiting. We've been talking with a number of recruiting leadership teams in hospitality, in the airline sector, in financial services as well. They have capacity. There's not movement happening really in large numbers between companies right now. And so they have a chance to take some of that capacity and rethink how they're going to work in the future. Julia, you mentioned accelerating digital as a priority for our clients. Talk to me more about that. Yeah, well, accelerating digital, you know, they're making massive investments in technology to automate and streamline the ways of working. But from a more individual perspective, you know, that transformation has been a lot of using video conference, using collaboration tools to do work differently. As we look forward into 2021, it'll be really interesting to see how some of these investments and new ways of working augmented by technology hold up. I anticipate we'll see people go back to old ways of working. And the more we can continue some of these, these new collaboration mechanisms, the better to make that hybrid working model successful. Absolutely. And it's not a one-set-fits-all. Some companies are going to have to double down on virtual reality and augmented reality to drive innovation in a hybrid workforce. And some are going to have to focus on upgrading to cloud technology. So again, people are at different starting points. But your point around how do we sustain the behaviors and these ways of working with the introduction of new technology or traditional ways of working, I think is a, is a very good one. So one of the standout data pieces for me from the business leaders was 
They were not concerned about consumer confidence and the demand. So a huge sense of confidence that the numbers for workforce were actually double those concerns around customer demand and consumer confidence. So the need for business leaders, to your point, in different sectors to think about how do we think about the world in a post-vaccine? How do we think about the second half of 2021? And as we restart businesses, grow businesses, how do we need to rehire people? How do we need to bring people back to a hybrid workplace? How do we need to kind of restart the economy in certain areas, especially when we're concerned about those businesses that rely on human contact? You mentioned travel. How do we start travel again, whether it's on the business side or on the leisure side? How are you advising clients as they think about the second half of 2021 and into 2022 from a workforce perspective? Yeah, I think most of our clients believe by the second half of 2021, there likely will be a vaccine and we will have the option to go back to what it was before. But there's a couple of things that they think are here to stay. <laughs> so things that, you know, from this sort of accidental change management journey we've been on, one, that flexibility is going to stay. Many are talking about and planning for a more hybrid work environment where people are mixed in person and on site throughout the week. So not really looking at 100% home, 100% in office, but something in between. The second thing that I anticipate we'll see staying is a change in travel. You mentioned that as well. I know me, for example, from a client service perspective, and Bhushan, I know you are as well, we're eager to get back to meeting with our clients face-to-face, to building relationships. But travel is expensive. It has an impact on productivity. And we do have clients who are basically rethinking what are their travel policies? How much are they going to travel? And they've already put in, to further that, new technology. We had clients who didn't really use video conference. They're now using it and they weren't really before. So they're going to be seeing, you know, the reasons for travel be changing over time. Last, I think from a long-term end of 2021 perspective, I do hope we'll hold on to some of the things around taking care of employees, leading with purpose and values. That's been a big topic of conversation. And for most of our clients who've been doing well from that perspective and prioritizing their employees first, their employee safety, their employee mental health and well-being, those companies we think will hold on to their employees. They'll do better in the long term. But when push comes to shove, when recruiting reopens, we, we might see something different. So I'm interested to see what happens there. Absolutely. And maybe to pick up to your point around the hybrid workforce, I think our big challenge in 2021 is going to be operating in this hybrid workforce mode. So people coming into the office a few days a week or a few days a month, continuing to work with people in a remote way, this is going to be a new exercise for us as well. From a culture lens, people using different tools for us to make sure that we're being very inclusive to those people who are working from home and are not in the conference room socially distancing or not in the office. It's going to be a challenge for all businesses from a scheduling, from an access to tools, from a culture perspective. And as you say, as we get to quarter three and quarter four next year, maybe we'll be much more in the new normal. But I think there's going to be a real challenge for us from a change management ways of working exercise for a lot of businesses, especially those that have a significant amount of people who will be transitioning back to an office. One of the things we've talked about in the past is the impact of the pandemic on hiring and especially maybe entry-level people. How are you thinking about that with your clients in terms of virtual hiring, bringing on and onboarding, maybe younger people in their first jobs? Maybe we'll do campus hiring and we'll onboard people in person in August, September in 2021, hopefully. How are you thinking about that topic? Yes, there's two angles I kind of like to take from that perspective. One is actually rethinking the recruiting process and making that virtual 
we can look to our own model at PwC. We were already doing many of our interviews via video, but it's hard when you think about onboarding a new joiner, especially from campus, where we have you know more of an apprenticeship model. You're working one-on-one with someone. So you need to put in some really specific activities, onboarding, meet and greets, coaching, more formal coaching relationships. You can't just leave it up to the walk through the halls and the casual encounters. So just a lot more rigor and specificity around the recruiting onboarding, and then sort of the ongoing management process. The second piece of that, though, is changing manager behavior. So you can make changes to the process, but you really have to get managers who are thinking much more about that employee experience. And we found when managers first left the office, a lot of managers are not adept at this and thinking about their employee from a mental health and well-being and being empathetic leaders, but also just how do you make sure they have a good work experience, that they're getting challenging work, they're getting opportunities. So managers have to change their behavior too. I worry about this one when we go to hybrid because I think that people will go back to their old behaviors. They're going to, you know, give the opportunities to people who are right in their face, who they're working with closely. And that's something that we have to really put guardrails against. And managers need to challenge themselves to be inclusive and think about those employees who might be working remotely, whether they haven't got the vaccine yet, they have some sort of childcare issue, whatever it might be, at least in the short term until we kind of get used to this new way. Great points. Let me ask you a question about reskilling. Reskilling has been highly relevant pre-pandemic. All the trends have been accelerated. Accelerated seems to be the buzzword du jour right now in terms of digital's accelerated, our new ways of working are accelerated, the way leaders need to engage have been accelerated and changed. From a reskilling perspective, what do you see the client priorities around reskilling in 2021? For me, two big priorities. I'd love to hear what you're seeing with your clients, Bouchon. But one, the digital upskilling piece remains really critically important. We talked earlier about digital transformations. Those have been accelerated, like you said, and making sure that companies can actually reap the investments if they have to have employees who can actually use the new tools and technologies they're putting in place. So digital is a big one. I think the other is more of the power skills and investing in some of the things like adaptability, resilience. Now, I guess the good news, if you want to talk about being optimistic, is a lot of us are forced to be more adaptable and resilient during these times. But I think companies that have given employees more stretch roles that already have this as part of the fabric of their culture have been doing a little bit better. But what other skills, what other investments are you seeing? Yeah, I love the stretch roles point. I would say that a company is really going to measure the effectiveness of their learning program is if they're building skills in their employees that they're going to use to improve their future employability. So whether that's building entrepreneurial skills, the ability to learn new industries, the ability to learn new trade skills, whether that's design skills, manufacturing skills, understanding telemedicine, that's really going to be the measure and the next driver for growth around the American workforce to say, how can we pivot to work in different sectors and different types of businesses? Because as we've seen, there's a number of firms that have changed their business model. There'll be new firms that get created, you know, as we think about 2021 and beyond. There's an opportunity now for employers to really invest in their skills as the right thing to do for their business, for their people and for society as a whole. So, Julia, as we round out this podcast, and we've learned a lot during 2021 from a workforce angle. 
Businesses have performed heroics in terms of their ability to serve their customers, demonstrate resilience. I would pay huge credit to our HR colleagues who have really been at the front line of helping employees around all aspects of safety and well-being and trying to protect people and inspire and drive the right programs and benefits. What are the pieces from 2020 that we can learn and would like to sustain? What are the areas that you suggest our clients need to maybe refine? Yeah, I think we talked about this one earlier as sort of a stop, start, continue type of framework, going back to really, really simple models, right? But first, I'd say when you think about stopping, this is a chance to abandon. If there's something that the company is doing or thinking about your culture, something that doesn't make sense, it's a chance to pivot. Legacy benefits programs, we've seen a lot of clients making a shift to more personalized benefits. It's a great time to make a change from that perspective. On the start, perspective, I'd say, you know, looking forward, riding this wave of optimism you talked about from a business leader perspective, it really goes back to scenario planning and rethinking the art of possible. In some cases, you know, it's been really devastating. You know, we've had some industries where there's been significant layoffs, again, going back to airlines, hospitality, things like that. But now they have a chance to pivot and rebuild. And just on that optimistic note, can you build something better? Can you take the opportunity to centralize? Can you do things differently? So I'd say start thinking a little bit different about the future where you can. And then from a continued perspective, we talked a lot about health and well-being of employees and giving them the right skills to be relevant. I'd say those things should continue into 2021. So we make sure employees are getting what they need from their employer, especially when it comes to health and, and well-being. Maybe to add a couple of points there, external collaboration is something we've seen work very well. Companies have shared ideas on how to deal with the pandemic, how to focus on well-being, how to focus on driving diversity and inclusion in a consistent way. I think the more that firms can continue to start sharing and understand kind of what works from their perspective, I think that will be very helpful. Increasingly with all stakeholders, not just people in their company, not just competitors, but also policymakers. So interestingly, in this survey, the CHROs were the group that were most wanted to be there and start influencing policymakers around certain decisions. So if you think about whether that's immigration, whether that's worker classification, minimum pay standards, I think it's a great thing the more that we can get business leaders, policymakers, And obviously, the education system working together, we've often talked about this in the past. It feels like 2021 and 2022 are times when we have to do that because, as we've seen, these areas are so interconnected in terms of driving the right solutions. Any final comments, Julia, from your perspective? The only thing that I would throw on top of the discussion here is, you know, I remember in early 2010s working on a project with you with a client and we were talking about a lot of the themes that are coming up around hybrid working, flexible work models, new ways of working, employee health and well-being and making significant investments there. And, you know, even back then, looking back 10 years, the clients were hesitant to make big changes. Going back to the beginning of this entire pandemic, I remember us having similar conversations with C-suite leaders where we were talking about scenarios around, you know, it might be end of 2020. We may never even go back to the office by 2020. And I do remember one of those C-suite leaders actually laughing aloud 
and look where we are now. Point being, you know, anything can happen. And I think that the value of thinking through those scenarios so you can make investments that work for any possibility, just that helps to really make a strong workforce strategy. And our clients who have that and have been doing that as a you know, repetitive muscle, we're seeing them really navigate this very well. So I would just call that out for those who haven't made that investment and spending that time with their business leaders. It's a really valuable way to make an impact. Thanks, Julia. So to summarize, there are still some no regrets moves that companies can take. And we as consultants, we sometimes maybe exaggerate the changes that will happen. I think a lot of the things that we're still seeing in terms of focus on your customers, think about products, think about pricing, think about an agile plan, think about taking care of people's health, safety, focus on good leadership, all of that is still going to be relevant. Whatever 2021 brings us in terms of a set of changes, I think your point around there's some no regrets moves, focusing on what you can control. Hopefully, we get a vaccine distributed at scale and the second half of 2021 looks a bit closer to pre-pandemic, let's hope anyway. Thank you, Julia, for sharing your stories. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to this episode of Workforce Insight. For more insights into how to tackle your organization's workforce challenges, please visit our website and subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast app. I'm Bushan Sessi of PwC. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is brought to you by PwC All Rights Reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.